Yo, welcome to another episode of Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives, the space created for us just to really vibe out on our healing journey. Um, listen to some great stories. Today, we have a journey of strength here with another PCOS sister. Some call her Dr. Britt. She might also be known as Coach Britt, the mindset shifter, but I know her as Brie Dub, and we are about to dive into this episode. But before we get into this episode, vibe with me, y'all. Welcome to the Empowered Plates, Empowered Lives podcast. So we about to jump into this thing. Let's go. Coach Britt, the mindset shifter. My first question, my first question, my first question to you Mm -hmm. is what? What led you to being called Coach Britt, the mindset shifter? You know, pretty much starting on my own health and wellness uh, journey. Some people may say that I'm a personal trainer. I am not. Some people may say I am a nutritionist. I am not. I am all of the things. I am a health and wellness coach, which focuses on bringing the mind, the body, and the spirit together. Because what a lot of people don't understand is you can train all day. (laughs) But if your mindset is not there, it's not going to commit. If your spirit is not into it, it's not going to commit. So I try to bring out that whole entire triad together to support my clients. Okay. I love it. I love it. I think people underestimate the power of a solid, strong mindset. Um, I was on a Zoom this morning and we were talking about the, the mental diet. So many people think about diet as what you can't eat, what you can't have. Um, and diet is pretty much whatever you consume, whatever you eat, whatever you drink. And then when you think about that mental diet, it's whatever thoughts you consume, whatever you think. Mm-hmm. And I got these four vibration vibes, be intentional about being intentional and pay attention mm-hmm. to what you're paying attention to. And I don't think for people sure. realize how many things they're really paying attention to. Yeah. And and how sure. it really shapes their perspective, you know, and how they go and navigate through life. So when you say mindset changes and starts, it starts with mindset. And if you're looking for those changes in life, how it kind of evolves over time. How do you mm-hmm. think people should address mindset every day as they start their day? Well, let's go back to the word diet first, right? Okay. Diet, has, <laughs> diet has a negative connotation because it takes away something that you're used to doing, even though if that's something that you're used to doing or consuming is bad. So it's not only a diet from food, right? Sometimes you're in a bad relationship and you need a diet from that space, right? Or sometimes you're in a stressful job and you need a diet from that space. Diet is way past food. But if we actually take us our mindset out of the space that we are in, put it in somewhere else, it's going to be uncomfortable regardless because you're taking away something that you're used to not even realizing that that shift could be something that can possibly save your life in the future. And let's, let's pause right there. When you said you're going to be uncomfortable anyway, life wasn't created for you to be comfortable. And I think that's the, the 
toxic mindset that we were given that, oh, we just need to look for comfort. We just need to, yeah. look we just need to look for comfort. And what brings, com what comes after comfort is complacency. And if yeah. you're not at a place where you are evolving consistently or even trying to focus on what's my next step to continue this evolution within myself, you're going to stay stagnant in life. And then you're yeah. going to find all of these other faults with other people instead of just looking in within you. What do you need to yeah. change about you? What is going to make you healthy, happy, and free? Um, that was oh, with wow. uh, the words um, from My Vegan Kitchen Life, Michelle. I had her on another episode, and that was her her big three things. And I just feel like when people are in a place that they just want to be comfortable, they want to be comfortable within a certain group. They want to be comfortable within a certain space in their life, or they want to be comfortable, like you said, in a relationship. Dieting from a relationship, that that's powerful because sometimes yep. people don't realize the impact that relationships hold on life, you know, because you're connecting or you're trying to align with a whole nother being. And if you haven't had that first alignment and connection with yourself, it's okay. more than likely always going to be toxic on the other end. Am I right or am I wrong? No, you are 100% correct. Um, the whole mindset about comfort is the fact that if you go through life seeking comfortability, you will always feel it 10 times harder when you reach it, when you don't make it, right? If you go through life seeking comfortability, you will always, it will always impact you 10 times harder because you don't know how to operate in a space of uncomfort. And sometimes getting in the habit of being comfortable with being uncomfortable, it kind of makes your life a little bit easier because you already have the mentality to say, hey, I know when I get somewhere, it's going to make me feel uncomfortable in the moment. However, it's not going to be as hard for me to deal with because I know that some things in life don't just go according to plan, right? Um, I found myself the other day, I was something on a smaller scale. I was making a protein shake. I dropped my protein shake on the floor. And I said, you know what? Today is going to be a bad day. And then I had to bring that back. Like, uh-uh, I have the means to replace that. So I'm good, right? Um, I could just clean it up. There's still some more in the can. I have a backup in the storage closet, right? So it's literally in that moment could have set the tone for my entire day. But in that moment, I realized what I was doing. If you're a person who seeks comfort, you won't even be able to realize what you did in that moment to shift it. So now throughout your entire day, you're having a bad day. And so. I think the key word you said in there was a moment. Yeah. Why allow a moment to really transition or, you know, really prolong a, a feeling or emotion that happened at this particular point in time to really sure. take you in through for the rest of your day, the week, a month, few months, a year. Like you, some people really will take one moment and drag that one moment out. And it's like, but it was a moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was a moment. How many more moments had you had before then? And why focus on the bad moment or the moment that didn't go your way? Let's not even call it a bad moment. Let's yeah. the moment that didn't go the way you intended for it to go. Having tantrums and, as an adult. <laughs> and and that too an goes back into not only prolonging a moment, but that's also some healing that we need to really address. Because yeah. some people don't want to take that accountability that they need to heal, that something within them might need to change, even if it's a mindset shift, even yeah. if it's a mindset shift. Someone could have wronged you. Someone could have did a situation wrong in a moment. 
But at the end of the day, you have to have that mindset shift. Like that's sure. that power of a mindset shift. It's, it's just crazy. But I'm glad we started with mindset since we with the mindset shifter, Coach Britt. Um, yeah. But let's get into this thing. Doctor, Dr. Britt, you clearly yeah. had to have a mindset to get all the way to a title of Dr. Britt. Yeah. Talk to me about your overcoming um, obstacles and challenges in order to be a black female doctor in this American society. And I just want to shout out my line sister, Marcy, because she, she always used to do this, that had the saying, and it was like, have an overcoming week. I hope you have an oh, overcoming yeah. week or overcoming day. And I think that's just motivation to know that whatever moments you face, you're going, you, you have the possibility and the power to overcome if you choose it. For sure. So talk to me about this, this Dr. Britt. Is Dr. Britt, since we know Coach Britt, the mindset. Yeah. yeah, so I've been in school all my life since I was four years old. So when I walked across that stage with my doctoral degree, I was like, you know what? I am done. But I'm also teaching in higher ed, so I'm still in school, right? <laughs> so um, it has been the most challenging five years of my life. Um, after I got my master's, um, I was like, I'm just going to go into it. I'm just going to go into it because I knew if I did not go into it, I would have got complacent in the life that I was in. I wasn't going to do it. Um, but what made me seek my doctoral degree is I wanted to teach on a collegiate level and not just a, like a community college. I wanted to teach at a top school um, where I can impact the masses and make a decision, a choice. Right. I had three school offers after I left uh, with my doctoral degree, which is an honor within itself, especially if you're in the computer science technology space. It is hard out here. Um, a lot of people who uh, work in this field have been there for 10 plus years, their tenure. Right. Um, I'm actually a clinical associate professor where um, we aren't tenure track, but we do pretty much the same amount of work as tenure track. We go to conferences. Um, we have to do research that is required. I'm up for um, a contract renewal right now. And they're telling me that I need all this stuff by the 30th, right? It's hard out here. It's hard <laughs> out here. But what keeps me motivated is my students, right? I have the opportunity to implement mindset inside of the classroom because when I was going to school, I'm going to be honest, I just want to get a passing grade. But I also teach core classes. So one main thing that I always would say when I was in school is, why do I need to take this class if I'm not doing it? I'm not going to use it when I get older, right? But what I do, understanding my audience, I show them how each text impacts how they're going to be in the real world. Like everyone knows you hate group projects, right? But when you graduate from school, what are you going to have to do? Work on a team. You're going to have to learn how to work with people. You're going to have to introduce yourself to new topics that you haven't been familiar with, right? Um, so my students is what keeps me motivated. Um, and I'm a person who suffers bad from anxiety. Wait, when it comes before to you go into anxiety, before you go into uh -huh. anxiety, I completely okay. understand with your students keeping you motivated. And I think that we shouldn't go past that too fast with having social and emotional spaces in the classroom. Yeah. 
even the fact that you teach college students, I teach middle school students, and I am a stickler for making sure they have time for themselves. In the oh, morning, sure. we have affirmations being said, and instead of them just listening to it, I make them repeat it and tell them that there's power in their words. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it's this it's this power of knowing yourself, loving yourself, and having this way of how you speak to yourself that is imperative. Sure. And like you said, I didn't have that in, in school either. I think the biggest thing I remember um, dealing with social and emotional health or even affirmations in school would be in high school. And on the mm -hmm. morning announcement, she would say, make it a great day or not, the choice is yours, which it really is your choice. And she's mm -hmm. saying, make it a great day. And for me, I'm more so on create a great day. Create yeah. the great day that you want to have because you don't know what moments are going to come about in your life um, on that day. So just keep mm -hmm. creating because you are a creator. But I think mm -hmm. it's that this what you said was a powerful children, youth. And as they get older, anybody of any age needs the opportunity to be nurtured into yeah. mindset, into feeling mm -hmm. OK, socially, emotional, addressing those feelings, those thoughts, mm -hmm. those beliefs. Because those thoughts, feelings, and belief translate into how they make decisions, how they go yeah. about, and you know, going through life. And mm -hmm. I feel like we don't emphasize that enough in society to really mm -hmm. love on people and take the moments to love on them. Does that make sense? Yeah, because they feel like you're creating a safe space for them that they probably aren't even getting at home. Like working in a higher education space, like these, some of these kids are local, but a lot of them are not. Right? Their parents are trusting us to be that aid for them. So I always, like you start your class off with affirmations. I start my class off with music because speaking to the soul, um, I've always been a, a big music person. And if I'm walking, I've, I've shifted their mindset so much to the point where if I walk in the room and I don't speak, there's this one student that always yells, hey, Dr. Burt, how you feeling today, <laughs> right? And it brings my spirit back up because even though we're giving ourselves to people on a daily basis, sometimes we need it as well. So when they can actually say, oh, you're out of your norm, let me help, you know, shift her back into this area. But I mean, they keep me motivated. I'm going to be honest with you. And being in going to school as well, my five years, I taught for four of those years, four of those years at the school where I was getting my degree. I spent two hours in DC traffic, traveling to Towson, Maryland to get to a evening class. And then when I moved to where I am now, I flew for a whole year back and forth to teach one class a week outside of my virtual classes. That's how much I loved what I did. Um, but what I still do a lot of passion, a lot of passion, and we're gonna have to get back to that DC yeah, life. Sure. But you want you want to say something about anxiety after that? You just want to say anxiety. Yeah, I was basically saying um, me taking exams and tests, even though I'm smart, I know the material. If you put a paper in front of me, I always get real bad anxiety to the point where I start sweating and hyperventilating, and the exams on the doctoral level, you have to have everything out of the room, right? Um, once you're in the room, you have to be in your seat. So I don't know what it is, but every time I walk, get up, I have to say, hey, I just need a second. And they're watching me in the in, in the hallway and I'm just pacing back and forth and they're making sure I'm not looking on my phone for answers and all this stuff. So, and I've been struggling with that since I've been in elementary school. So um, that's one of the reasons why I chose my university because I did not have to take a standardized test 
to get inside of that school. Because what a lot of um, institutions don't realize is those tests do not speak to the potential of the person who's taking it. It only speaks to what they feel in that moment, not the knowledge that they have, but what they feel in that moment. And yes, there are some people who just don't know it, right? But for people who do know it in that moment, how do they feel sitting at that table? And that's one of the, the most constraint things that people have put on us in the education space as, as those tests. Right. I think that's great that you were able to notice that that type of test anxiety and then take pauses instead of like cram and just let it just all fall out in that room and say, hey, I need a break. And you go and yep. you, you walk, you move your body, you breathe. Um, yep. What are some tips for people who suffer from test anxiety that you found maybe work for you or that you suggest to maybe some of your students who also get overwhelmed when it comes to um, standardized mm -hmm. testing or just having test anxiety, period? my recommendations are find what makes you distracted in that moment. Mm -hmm. Because even if you know the material, it's somewhere in your mind. So if you focus on another area that's in your mind that calms you, naturally, everything is just gonna start flowing for you where you can say, oh yeah, that's the right answer. That's the right answer. Stop focusing on the thing that's giving you the anxiety and focus on a moment of happiness and just watch how the words just spit out on a paper. Now, whew, always have a bottle of water because what people don't realize is when you drink water, a lot of people say, okay, you're forced to drink a gallon of water a day, right? You're just gulping and gulping and gulping and gulping, forcing that water. But me, I actually, when I drink water, I say, hmm, and then I swallow. And then I say, hmm, and then I swallow. I don't focus on the gulp. I try to make it a natural thing for me. So definitely you're a mindful drinker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Definitely find something present, else that can present drink with you. your drink. Present with you your drink. To. You have beautiful. to be present. You have to be pleasant with everything to be quite but honest. That's that's the goal. But not everyone yeah. is mindful when it comes to eating, drinking. There the society has created this rushed culture yeah. that everything has to be fast or you have mm -hmm. to be doing something else while you're doing it. Like Oh, where well, we watching TV? Well, we need something to eat while we watching TV. No, be yeah. with your food, eat your food, chew your food, you know, yeah. embrace your food. But I, I think that was dope that you you hit on that. I've never heard anyone say I take a sip and I let it go. I um, might when I used to try to hydrate and get so much water in, I just kind of like I said, I'm planting a seed, so mm -hmm. my seed need to be watered, so yeah. I must hydrate to continue to water the seas and the things that I want to see come out of my life. And I think yeah. those are the moments that I feel I can gulp now. I might not just sip, I'll gulp. And then I just kind of breathe and be like, yes, yeah. I am my well, own gardener. I well, let me, let me say one thing. So vitamins, right? Mm. They can come in powder form or they can come in pill form. Even if someone is just taking medication. When I used to take the pill form, when I first started out, and I'm a naturalist, so I don't take pills or anything, but now I take vitamins, right? Because I'm trying to supplement for those things that I may be lacking um, with my eating nutrition. So I used to be the person to take one tablet at a time. And I feel like every time it would get stuck because mentally I am taking a pill, right? Until another coach in my space said, Girl, if you don't just gulp it and throw it back, 
And once I started doing that and not thinking about the fact that I was taking it, now they're here one minute and they're gone the next. Like I, I have to go back and look at my case and say, did I just take that or did I not just take it? That's how much I forgot that I literally just took it. Uh, but yeah, if you take your mind out of the space that is giving you the problem, you're going to be fine. I don't know. Pills still don't do do that great for me. It's always when it hits the back of the throat, yeah. and then I just feel like I gotta keep drinking some more. Like, what's up? What's yeah. up? <laughs> I, I'm not a, a pill taker at all, so I'll yeah. keep that in mind if I ever have to. But like you, I try to do my best to stay away from it, even if it's just yeah. like an allergic reaction or I break out on something. It was like, let me get a, a tablespoon of honey or something before I reach for any Benadryl or. Oh know, no, I don't do none of that. Like all of the medicine in my house is expired. They're expired. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead and toss that out. Let's toss well, it's that. not for me. So when I bought my house, my mom bought me all of this stuff and said you should have it for your company. No. I was like, well, I'm not gonna have company. So they're just expiring <laughs> in the thing. And then sometimes I just grind my vitamins up and throw it in a protein shake and then they're gone. So there's options. They are, they are, they are. Okay. <laughs> so let's get into this thing. Yeah. We're now Dr. Brittany. Mindset yeah. is on point. You're overcoming. You're doing everything you need to do to continue to be in the spaces that you feel led to be in, passionate to be in, mm-hmm. impacting students. Yes. Mm-hmm. You mentioned living in D.C. How yeah. was your health in D.C.? How was your health in D.C.? How was life? Well, what did wellness look like for you in D.C.? Well, number one, my mindset is not on point. My mindset is growing. Oh, always. I don't think, I don't, yeah, I don't think anyone's yeah. mindset can be uh, 100% on point. But Shout it's a priority now. Maybe I should have said that. Your it's mindset is now a priority, something that yeah. is a, a high principle in your life. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, but living in D.C., I think what had me struggle the most is the fact that I had to struggle, right? Mm. Um, so I pretty much moved up there, didn't really have anything struggled to pay bills, struggled to put gas in my car, struggled to put money um, in, you know, for everybody, right? But I still allowed two people to move in with me. And I was responsible for making sure they had a place to stay. They had food, right? So it's basically taking me out of myself and being there for somebody else. Case in point, students, right? I'm motivated by helping others making an impact has always been a thing for me. So yes, there have been tears. Um, yes, there's been times where I had to, you know, scrap up and, you know, make dishes out of what I had in my house. But I learned to grow over time to say, hey, thank you for what I do have and not more so focusing on what I don't have. Maybe I have to walk an extra, you know, few miles to get to my um job where a train stop could have you know prevented that from happening but i wouldn't have been in the best shape of my life when i lived in dc i was physically in the best shape of my life but i was broken as well Mm. but i was in the best shape of my life and i just wasn't where i wanted to be yet right but i waited on timing and now i'm good I'm good. Sometimes things don't happen when you want it to happen. And you may have to go through the fire sometimes. And I know a lot of people are like, well, why do I have to go through all these things just to get to where I want to be? 
it goes back to being comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> and right? the fact that you're in a journey, like, do you feel like you've made this a, like a destination? Yeah. No, life is a yeah. journey. If, if I struggled at first and now I'm good, God forbid, but what if something happens to me where I lose my job or something? I've already been in that space. So I know how to master and survive in that space, right? You have to, we learn from the lessons that we have, right? We learn from the lessons that we have. And some days you can go to Costco and just pay that monthly fee and go get a sample. And sometimes that's your meal for the day. But I've been indirectly studying my mind and body for over a decade now, probably longer than that. And I didn't even know I was. Um, this prepared me for everything that I'm going through now. So if I show up in my classroom, people don't feel the bad energy. Or if I show up to a family gathering, I'm still my happy-go-lucky self. But that doesn't mean that I suppress how I'm feeling. I've already communicated that with the person I needed to communicate with that with and let it go in that moment right? There's no point in dwelling on how you're feeling in a situation that you can work towards changing. It's your choice. If you don't want to be in a situation anymore, you have the choice to get yourself out of that situation. And some people may feel like they don't, but you do. But a lot of people are expecting to go from zero to 100 real quick. Sometimes be, be happy that you got to 10 that day. Be happy that you got to 20 that day. It's a journey. You're not going to go from zero to 100. And if you want to put that towards money, you're not going to go from zero dollars to making six figures, right? That which, is which is equivalent to basically a bachelor's degree at this point. So just make sure that you're making the right decisions for yourself. But DC has taught me a lot about myself as an adult. I feel like I have grown as an adult when I was in DC. Like a lot of things that used to bother me, it just doesn't bother me anymore. Um, but when you mastered yourself in that space and then you move and relocate to another space, you find things slowly creeping back up that you felt that you have already mastered in that previous space. So it's familiar to me. Let me just work my way through it and figure it out. And if it's not familiar to me, let it be a moment and then work your way through it. So there's a couple of moments that you you kind of hit on in there that I want to touch back on because it was beautiful. The first one was I was physically in the best shape of my life, but yeah. I was broken. That's yeah. powerful because I don't mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes people think that health is all one dimensional and there's so many mm -hmm. different aspects of health. So to be physically in the best shape, but not in the best shape mentally or emotionally that that plays or financially that plays a, a role in your overall well-being. Um, yep. The other thing that you said is pretty much giving yourself grace. Like you might not be able like just be grateful you got to 10, maybe 20 mm -hmm. today. You might not reach your highest expectation for that day and get your 100 score or whatever you thought you wanted to accomplish in that day or who you want to show up as in that yeah. day. But giving yourself grace and being patient with yourself every single day, mm -hmm. it starts with you. Like yeah. you can't allow yourself to feel some type of expectation from external factors if you're yeah. not well and connected within yourself. Because if you're going to love, if you love yourself and you're connected with yourself and you know why you want to do the things you're doing and you're really yeah. intentional with how you're going throughout life, then mm -hmm. you're going to say, you know what? I didn't reach it, but I showed mm -hmm. up as me today. 
I didn't get where everything I wanted to accomplish, but I'm grateful mm -hmm. I gave myself time to just take a pause or to be still, you know, or just to take a little bit more care of myself than I would have if I just focused on all these other things I wanted to mm -hmm. accomplish. But so guess I, I, what? When you reach that 100 that you aim for back in the day, you get to the 100, you're like, oh, this is not enough. I need something else, right? We're never going to be satisfied. <laughs> That's just what it is. And if you are, then you're just settling because the people who are really satisfied are just settling. They're not trying to go after more. And I think another thing that you just said, like you said, you get to 100, then, you know, you want a thousand. Then you might want five hundred thousand, you know, and then you want the million. You get to the million. You say you want, you know, yeah. <laughs> a billion. At the end yeah. of the day, you're going to keep pushing it because you knew I, I did what it take. I did what I had to do to get here. Now I want to level up and then level up and then level up. But I think what is really 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 important is the fact that you are getting yourself there it starts mm -hmm. with you yeah like it's, it's you nobody can make a decision you but i think the evolution to have some some because when you were talking about your story moving someplace different didn't really have anybody when you move out of your space let's say your hometown sometimes mm -hmm. it takes that first step of going to college and then like you're mm -hmm. in a new college town you know, and you might not go as far away from home when you're in college and you still have a little bit, like you said, a little bit of security, a little bit of safety. Mm -hmm. You're not adult adulting yet because everyone knows you're in that phase of getting to real life, even mm -hmm. though everything is real life. But when you move as an adult and you're entering things as a career or you're in higher education, like you're in graduate school and you don't have that typical tribe, you have to create it. And not only yeah. do you have to create that tribe, that village, you also have to create something within yourself to say, hey, I got this. This is all yeah. new to me. I don't know where I'm going, what it is. Because even in America, you can be in one state, you can be in another city in the same state, and the culture is totally different. The expectations sure. are totally different. The grocery stores and what they offer you and the food you have access, access to is totally different. And I think people don't realize the power you have when you can actually move away from your hometown, move away from your complacency, and create something for yourself. And I, yeah. I think that you you that was something you mentioned that I, I, mm -hmm. I just wanted to shine a little extra light on because too many people stay stuck in complacency or stay stuck. And I'm not saying people who stay home, you know, aren't mm -hmm. living their best life because they, they are. I'm just saying there's a, a, a evolution that really occurs within yourself, within yeah. yourself, when you're able to go out in the world outside mm -hmm. of your comfort zone and really become something. And nothing's wrong with going back home. But I, I even think the the Bible mentioned something about that, you know, like mm -hmm. going out someplace because you'll be more prone to doing bigger things and making a bigger impact than what you would be able to do within the comfort of your space to the people who already know you or think they know you versus yeah. you going out and getting to know yourself because who you were in DC, you probably didn't even know that was going to be who you were right or wrong. Yeah, no. Right. It's Cause I didn't think about, I wasn't striving towards being anyone in particular. I was just saying, how can I operate in this space that is unfamiliar to me and find some sort of comfort? Every time you move, you're starting over. All the way. All the way. So let's get into this health journey because you just talked yeah. about being physically fit but still broken. What yeah. got you on this journey to becoming Coach Britt? Talk to me about this health and wellness journey. 
Yeah, so I've been diagnosed with um, PCOS about two years ago now. Um, that's a date that I try not to remember. I just remember the month mm. was December. That's all I remember. Now, I can tell you the date I got baptized. I can tell you my birthday. I can tell you all the dates where I moved to a different city but I cannot tell you that date because that date is the one that has put me in the most uncomfortable space that I've been in for the past, what, two years and trying to, trying to move in that space when you know that something is wrong with you, but you can't say or say what it is. Right. Um, and I'm a person who latches on to her health physicians. And every time I move to a different location, I have to find different ones. And I'm a person, when it comes to my health, I struggle with the being comfortable with being uncomfortable because I have entrusted these people with my lives for a long time. So I finally found an OBGYN um, here and she basically told me we need to run some tests on you because I was telling her, I don't understand what's going on. I am stressed. Um, I did have a lot of hair loss. Um, I have skin issues, but my mom also has scleroderma, but it wasn't on her level of skin issues because her skin is smooth. Mine was rough. Mine was bumpy. I had all this excess hair. I didn't know why I constantly have bloating all the time, um, moved down here, couldn't eat the what I want to eat. My headaches started growing, my acne started getting better. And some may say that's just because you're changing climates, right? But not necessarily. Um, my depression was at an all time high and I was always tired. Um, it was just crazy. So. Um, I went to her, she ran all these tests and it came to find out that I had majority of the symptoms of people with PCOS. Now there are four different types of PCOS. I get that. My symptoms more so come um, through the inflammation, the insulin resistance and uh, uh, adrenal fatigue um, types, which are the types one, two, and three. Um, I don't have the thyroid issues, um, thank God. Um, because I know people who have that and I'm just like, oh, like <laughs> I'm trying to hold on to their hand for them because it was just crazy. But um, came back, I was diagnosed and there are some people out there right now who are fighting to even get a diagnosis. Yeah. So there are some people who are still thinking of the story, Brittany. I just yeah. want everybody to know, because we're saying PCOS, and we know what it is because we've been diagnosed oh. with PCOS, but everybody might not know. And PCOS yeah. is polycystic ovary syndrome. All right. That is what she's referring to as a diagnosis. Go ahead, Britt. Sorry about that. No, you're okay. Uh, you know, we live in a world of acronyms. <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, but yeah, so it was hard for me. And then also I was in a, I was in an unfamiliar area. I was in a stressful relationship. I was starting a new job. Um, I was working two jobs, didn't really want to do what I was doing. Um, and all throughout all of that, I still had to show up and be there for everybody else. 
which was one of the most stressful moments of my whole like now i can say no and it's no problem or now i'm able to separate myself from people and always say no i don't got it but that doesn't mean i don't physically have it that means i don't have it for you right but it's not my job to um explain that but quick um, question yeah do you believe that you typically put other people before you until you started having diagnoses and then you were like, uh-uh, I need to be my own priority. I need to start helping myself, healing myself. I can't keep showing up for other people. I, I got to start with me. I got to focus in and dial into me. Did, did, did you experience that or no? I've always showed up for everybody. That that was people, me. People oh. know people know that you can call Brittany today or tomorrow, Not no matter how bad you treated her. You can call her today or tomorrow and she will show up for you. That's just who I am at my core. And I can't stand it majority of the time. Yeah. I but I mean, really you're changing can. that now. You're changing sure. that now. And you have a, a reason why. And it, it took sure. a diagnosis to shift how you were yep. showing up for yourself. Um, yep. But I just was curious about that. Because when you said it, I was like, yeah, I, I've been there too. And then it's not even a selfish thing. You know, it's a self first thing. And yeah. I, I think a lot of people it's hard for them to make that shift when they're constantly showing up for everybody else. And they feel, I don't want to say obligated, but they know yeah. that people come to them because they are an overcomer because they know that they can handle whatever you give to them and be yeah. able to help you with that. But yeah. I, I just, I just wanted to to stop there on that part. But I think that's beautiful that we both have reached that level in life or that enlightenment in life to know that we have mm -hmm. to put ourselves first, especially, and you said it stress. Yeah, Stress. I wish I was that strong to go to other people and tell them what I need, but I'm not there <laughs> because I've done it so many times and I know how people show up for everyone else by the drop of a dime. But if that time I decide to build up enough courage and ask them, it's like now it's taking you a long time to answer me. But that's neither here nor there. But um, is, yeah. you said stress before we go into it. You said stress, and I don't think people realize how powerful stress is in your life and how powerful yeah. stress can handle on your your body. And you might yeah. see the little, you know, Instagram post or you know little memes or whatever about stress. But no, in you gotta get, take stress serious because just like yeah. you said, you were in a bad relationship at that time. My relationship at the time of my diagnosis wasn't good either. And then my work environment wasn't ideal. So it's like you take the stressors from work, you take the stressors from in your personal life, and then you're not someone who's prioritizing you. And that thing looks nasty on the inside. And I had no idea what was going on. I was like, wait a minute. And then over time, as I start healing myself and I start realizing these other factors, I was like, that makes yep. sense. That makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. And then yep. you just talked about everybody having different stories with PCOS. And that's one of the yep. main reasons why I wanted to have um, this space to help yep. people and, and call it the journey of strength. Because I wanted that to all be my PCOS sisters and my endometriosis, adenomyosis sisters, and even fibroids. Because at the time mm -hmm. of my life, I had two fibroids to be taken out. But I didn't even realize I had fibroids or even having fibroid issues. But yeah. That's that, that's why we're tapping into this and going a little deeper when it comes to PCOS, because you're hearing more people talk about it now. But before, yeah. no one knew what was going on. Like you said, you had excessive, you know, hair growth. So did I. Mm -hmm. And you talked about your mom having hair. My mom had facial hair. My aunt had facial hair. Sometimes my mm -hmm. grandma, my other aunt might just pluck facial hair, you know, but mm -hmm. the way it grows, how fast it grows. And then you're having it in places that you normally, you know, that most yeah. men have been. Then it's like, well, that ain't normal. 
And to me, it yeah. was like, well, my family got it, so it's in my family DNA. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just part of being in my family. And then irregular periods. Yep. I was okay with not bleeding. And people would say, yeah. oh, because you ate something or oh, because you're a dancer and you've been exercising. So it throws yeah. your period off when you exercise. And I was like, oh, okay, well, nothing's wrong with me. Not having a period or irregular periods or longer periods is not normal. Yeah. Like that is something you need to follow up on and keep pushing on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing they want to do is throw birth control at you. Oh my God. <laughs> I got a whole episode on that. That was not for me. Were you on birth control? I was. They Talk threw, to me. They said, they, said, they said you need to get back on your birth control. So I was on birth control majority of my life. And then. When did you start on birth control? Middle school. Middle school. I think middle school. What, 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 what led, what led you or your family to getting you on birth control in middle school? What was their reason for that? I mean, I don't know. Maybe because everybody around me was having babies. Like, I know someone who had a baby in eighth grade. But, yeah. I had a few in middle school. But not a lot. We didn't have a lot of them. But I did. We did have a classmate that had a baby in middle school. But I think that, let's hit on that real quick. Birth control doesn't say, hey, I just don't want you to have a child. I think people don't realize the effects birth control can have on a woman or a child's body. You know what I mean? And and just to say, oh, well, I don't want you to get pregnant because I, I don't know if you're out there having, you know, intercourse yeah. or not. I don't I think we need to just dig a little deeper on figuring yeah. out what all is this birth control? What are some other areas mm. that we can address that? But that makes sense. Mm. I know a lot of people who take birth control not because they don't want to get pregnant. A lot of people take birth control because of a lot of um, issues that they're having down in that area or just with their body in general from the um, uh, irregular periods to the severe cramps that they may have around their cycle or um, I forgot what my friend takes it for, but hers is serious too, but it has nothing to do with the fact that they don't want to get pregnant because these girls do want to get pregnant, but they're, this is a part of their journey. So when the scare came out about um, um, the law passing about, um, having abortions, right? And pretty much trying to stop all of these things from happening. Um, And one of the scares was what people didn't see is getting rid of those types of medication, if you want to call it that. Hormonal therapy. therapy. All of that was looped into that one thing. But people, all they heard was, oh, you can't have an abortion. You can't have an abortion. You can't have an abortion. Well, did y'all read the fine print to see all the things that they were actually taking away from us in that? But that's neither here nor there. So I know a lot of people. I mean, that's still powerful, though, because that is still women's health. And that's an issue. Like, we're already over here trying to advocate for things that people aren't really telling us and being upfront about. How often do you even go to your OBGYN and are even educated on possibilities of PCOS, endometriosis, any of that? Like, like you said, yeah. some people are advocating. They're saying, these are the signs. These are the things yeah. that I think are, are going on with me. You know, do what I need. Yeah. This is what I need you to follow through with. And some even medical professionals are just like, well, what is that? I ain't even yeah. heard of that. And they won't diagnose them. And they won't. Like, they're and literally refusing. They're refusing to diagnose them. And that's the problem. They don't check one box. Because they don't know enough about the condition in order to properly diagnose somebody. 
agree. And it's it's sad. And just because birth control wasn't for me, like you said, there are people yeah. on birth control that it is really helping them. It is really a part of their journey. Yeah. And I love that. I love when people find things that works for their body because the body is so complex. It is so yeah. complex and it's so designed to really just for you to connect with it. Nobody else yeah. but you. That's why like, I just want to be vocal and visible about my journey and what I'm doing. But I know what I do is not going to work for everybody else because we don't have the same body. Just like yeah. you said, you have types one, two, and three. Everybody's diagnosed with things differently. The thing that yeah. scared me though with the thyroid issue with PCOS is that my grandmother, my auntie, my uncle, they have thyroid issues. And so mm -hmm. my thyroid was inflamed at one point and I had to go get an ultrasound on it. When I after I went to get the ultrasound and I had to go meet with the endocrinologist, you know, I told her I had PCOS and I had stage four endometriosis. She was like, "Oh, well, we might need to get you on some metformin." Hold up, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> did did you did anything in your testing or in my lab say that I need to do anything? Because I've been trying yeah. to address this holistically, and she went back and looked. She was like, "Well, actually, everything looks good. Your levels look fine. I guess we don't have to worry about the metformin." Appreciate you. Because at the end of the day, like, I'm not trying to get on anything just because I met a diagnosis that y'all are treating a certain way when there's no cure. And if there's no I'm cure, trying. I'm going to continue to go this holistic route until the labs, my body, mm -hmm. speaks something differently than what I'm doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm trying so hard to stay strong right now. So I just had this same situation happen to me two weeks ago. I posted on social media and I told everybody, hey guys, I'm going to the doctor. <laughs> y'all just let me know how y'all feeling today. You know, trying to get myself on because number four was sneaking up on your girl. Um, I do have inflamed thyroids, but it's something that can be managed without. Because, and the only reason why metformin was not recommended to me is because when I picked my current um, doctor, I told her all of my experiences with my previous one. She is somebody else who cares. And she was like, just do this, just do this, and you'll be fine. So she was like, well, how long have you been feeling something in your throat? And I've been feeling this my whole entire life. Even right now, it always feels like something is in there. Like I'm not like even pressure, like pressure on it. Like it's hard to swallow just a little bit. Yes. That's that's how I felt. I was just laying down. She was like, uh, and I was just like, I don't yeah. know what was going on. The yeah. like you said, those pills. If yeah. I can barely get the pill down, I don't yeah. know what was going on down there. It was just like this yeah. pressure on your throat. Just saying that for yeah. anybody who feels pressure on your throat and you're just trying yeah. to take a swallow and you just feel pressure. You might want to mm -hmm. check that out and see what's going on. Go ahead, Dr. Brick. So Coach now Brick. I have to so now I have to have screenings every year um, for it. Um, and if it gets really bad, of course, she wants me to come back. Um, but my test results came back good, just like yours. Hey. Like, um, it was a it was definitely a sense of relief. Like that whole entire weekend, I was miserable. Mm. I was like, okay, I know I got one, two, and three. But I don't got four, so I'm good, right? I'm good. It's like, because once you have a complete cycle of something, it mm -hmm. makes you feel like something is wrong with you, and it starts to mess with your mental. And I'm just like, man, what you doing to me? You want me to be the example? 
Is that what you're trying to do? You want me to be? I'm already showing up. What else you want me to do? You want me to talk about this one too? I can talk about it, but you don't got to give it to me, right? <laughs> so yeah, I had that. Scare. that talk, man. You got to have that talk, that real talk with yourself. I had that scare two weeks ago, but I'm good. I'm glad I'm you're good. good. I'm Thank glad you. you That's why we sharing this journey of strength, man. Because you yeah. got to take it moment after moment. And everyone's life and diagnosis looks different. Like yeah. it truly looks different. And honestly, I just see it as, and I'm going uh, to have another um, conversation with um, Sarah Cam, Karen. And it's just when you don't get the answers at the doctor's office, you mm-hmm. can't stop there. You can't mm-hmm. just say, oh, okay, well, they say it's this or that, or I just need to change my diet and I just need to work out. That That's yeah. not going to work. And that's no. what I feel is the blanket that they put over Black people when they go to the doctor and there's a health issue. And you don't know what my diet looks like and you don't know how I'm already moving. And you're, <laughs> yep. you're not even taking the in, intentional time to really figure out who I am, what I like, what I don't like, yeah. what I'm doing, what's ha- what has worked for me, what hasn't. But you got to do yeah. it for you first. Because if you don't come with that information to talk to them about it, they're not going to yeah. be able to give you anything. So you yeah. have to be your own advocate first. And you have to be intentional on what you're actually doing. So like like you said, you got PCOS. Yep. You see PCOS is what it is. For yeah. me, I didn't even want to do the research to dig deeper into figuring out all of these different things with PCOS. For me, it was like, what do I have control over? I have control over what I eat. I have control over how I move. I have control over what I think. I have control over what I believe. So I said, I'm going to take the holistic route with this thing, and I'm going to figure out how I'm going to do it for me. Because You're studying your body. There you go. And I have to Mm -hmm. make that connection because I was thinking that I was good. You know, I was a dancer. I felt like I looked pretty good. I've had had those times in my moment, in my life, where I've gained, you know, a good bit of weight, and then Mm -hmm. I've lost. I gained a good bit of weight, but I've mm-hmm. always felt like I had a good physical life at mm-hmm. some point. I was either walking, I was either mm-hmm. doing the coupons and getting into mm-hmm. some of those uh, gyms, you know, like the little hit things and little boot Come camps. on, health and wellness coach. I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to tell you, like, I always got into those things because as <laughs> dancer, I naturally moved every single day. And then you yeah. get older. And you, you kind of lose out on some of those routines. It's like, no, how do you build this back in as an adult? How do you find yep. things that you truly enjoy that keeps you consistent with moving? And move yeah. and consistency, and some people think it's it's time, Yeah. right? It's time. Consistency is time. How many times you're doing something. It's not the thing you're doing. Because you yeah. can consistently over time do nothing. You can consistently over time reject the opportunity to you know connect with yourself. That's consistent. Yeah. That's still consistency. Consistency is based on time. So get consistent with connecting with yourself, figuring out what your body responds to and what it doesn't. And I just think that this is just an important conversation to have because not a lot of people are talking about PCOS. Not a lot of people are educating others on how they are combating it and going through it. Or let alone some of those, like you said, not so good moments that it's hard for you to even keep pushing because it's like, man, I'm struggling right now. I'm struggling with myself because your body is a part of you. I'm struggling Mm -hmm. to figure out what is going on with my body. I'm struggling to figure out how I'm going to keep pushing forward. And it's just kind of like, let's not struggle by ourselves and let's not struggle inside. Like, let's really start speaking about this thing. And those who are living a little bit better because they're finding ways to manage those symptoms, 
or they're finding healthcare professionals that really care about educating and showing people how to navigate this thing. That's what it's all about. That's where the empowerment is coming from. That's what I envision or want for this podcast space is to really empower each other to really connect with ourselves and Mm -hmm. be intentional about what we're eating, how we're moving and Mm -hmm. our healthy mindset, our mindset over as a whole, you know, but like you said, we can go back to that part. Like people are struggling to get the diagnosis. What would you say to someone right now who says, you know what, Brittany, the things that you just stated, I've struggled Mm -hmm. with myself. Or the things, Giovanni, you just stated about what you've experienced with irregular periods or, you know, excessive hair growth, you know, those signs and symptoms. I've been struggling Mm -hmm. with this. What should I do? What are my next steps? How should I better advocate for myself? How do I find people who are knowledgeable Mm -hmm. about PCOs? What what would you say to them, Brittany? Um, Number one, the diagnosis does not 100% have to come to an OBGYN. Sometimes it stops with starts with just having a a general doctor, right? And talking to them, talking to a, a medical professional who specializes in it. Um, because a lot of times our OBGYNs, they just don't know. Like they have, like you have OBGYNs who specialize in childbirth. You have OBGYNs who specialize in this. Every doctor, every researcher has their specialty, okay? So you have to do your research and see what is their specialty and look at the reviews. Everyone has reviews. Google is going to be your friend. <laughs> like when my students going to rate my professor and look at me and my classes max out every semester, right? It's going to be your friend. So you want to find someone who specializes in it. Now you also have to be careful because there are some doctors at the end of the day, some of them are just here to get a check, right? So they will target people who think they have a certain situation, misdiagnose them, even if they do not. So how do you weed the bad out with the good? By seeing what the journey is for the people after they got diagnosed, right? Because your doctor can come and diagnose you with PCOS, but if if the person is no longer with that doctor, right? Or if the person did not make any progress since the diagnosis, then more than likely it could be something wrong with the health professional or it could be that the person is just not disciplined enough to care. Me, I was tired of seeing the way I looked. I can't mm. stand it. Every time I looked in the mirror, I can't stand it. And I was so comfortable because the relationship at the time did not really want to go out anywhere. So when I would build up the confidence to say, hey, let's go do something and they didn't want to do anything, it was just like, it was easy for me. But it was also hard in the back of my mind. I started thinking, like, you don't want to be seen with me in public? Mm. So I'm just like, is it me or is it you? Like, really, what is it? So do your research. Um, see what someone's diagnosis was at the time and what strides they've made after that diagnosis. Because me, I'm a health and wellness coach who's been diagnosed, right? But if I still look the same way that I looked when I was diagnosed, would you want to be a client of mine? No. No, people gravitate towards physical, um, personal trainers and nutritionists because they aspire to have what they look like. Agree. And, and it's all on, like you said, results driven. Like, are you getting, are you giving yourself results? Are you doing what you're saying other people need to be doing in order to get there? So I feel like people aren't going to be attracted to you if you're unable to give them the results that they are looking for and that they need. And a lot of times I think the beautiful part about it 
is meeting people where they are. Yeah. Really meeting people where they are because you might say, oh, I have this program or have all of these ideas of how yeah. I think everyone could really dive into this wellness thing. And it's like, nah, yeah. start with them. Start with them yeah. in mind. What, what do you need? What are you looking to change first? What are you yeah. interested in? Do you want a lifestyle change? Do you want a dietary change? Do you yeah. just want to manage symptoms? Are you just here yeah. to educate yourself on your body or on the yeah. diagnosis that you were just diagnosed on? You know, some people want education. Some people want yeah. to be equipped with skills. Meet people where they are. It's not and a one size at all. Thing, not just with physical mm -hmm. trainers, dietitians, you know, any type of coach, any type of, you know, guide. Meet people yeah. where they are. I think that's key. And if you find someone who's not willing to meet you where you are and give you that personalized approach, then that yeah. person may not be for you because healing is definitely a comprehensive personalized approach that you have to drive not yeah. your health care because our health care system not your family members not your relationship that you in or your spouse or your partner you got to yeah. drive your health you got to yeah. drive this thing called life because you're in the driver's seat like yeah. everything's based on what it is that you plan to do for you but i think that was that was dope i, I love that that inspiration that guide again this is a part of our journey of strength series for those of you that um, are struggling or have been recently diagnosed or have been diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome. Coach Britt just just told you exactly what you needed to do. Go look for those receipts, pretty much mm -hmm. run the receipts of these doctors who specialize in it and do it with somebody and then check those receipts with people that you might actually really know. So I was mm -hmm. grateful enough. Just a quick story. I was grateful enough to have the most beautiful relationship with my Saras and the Jacksonville alumni um, chapter of Delta Sigma Theta. And most of them being on the health and fitness committee. And I'm grateful that they pushed me into that role. I was able mm -hmm. to have those relationships and that rapport. So when things didn't go well with my health and I had to move to a decision specialist before my surgery, I had a, a black female OBGYN mm -hmm. I could go to, to give me receipts on that person. And she actually worked with him and it made me mm -hmm. feel so much more peace and navigating yeah. what I'm going through. Because when you're diagnosed with something and you're thinking you're healthy and you don't know what's going on and then you hear the word cyst, yeah, that automatically scares you. And I think yeah. because in this culture where anytime we hear cyst, okay, is it benign or is it, you know, cancer? Yeah. It's always this scary thing. And it's just like, well, how did the cyst get in me? What, what yeah. did I cause the cyst? So when I get this diagnosis and I'm, I'm nervous and I don't know what's going on on the inside of my body and I'm thinking I'm all good because I've always looked on the outside. It's mm -hmm. just, like, oh, you need that sense of that sense of peace. So yeah. being able to have a nurse practitioner that looked like me, that I knew, who encouraged me to go get imaging and go to the ER to where they were able to see, you know, this cyst that was on my ovary that had ruptured. Then to go through that whole journey and then my OBGYN, mm -hmm. her husband was the exorcist surgeon. Mm -hmm. like it just kind of aligned for me and it was a mm -hmm. beautiful story because after I got diagnosed and I had my surgery on March 3rd 2020 and I started looking into different aspects of what is endometriosis what is PCOS now at the time and it was just like so many people were struggling to get a diagnosis so many people were struggling in pain every single day or yeah. multiple times out of the month and that wasn't me it took mm -hmm. two majorly horrible I guess flare-ups and this cyst rupturing to have me chronically out 
And some mm-hmm. people live like this every single day. And I was like, no, that's not fair. That, but why does it have to get that far? And and that's the thing. And why don't they have answers? And like you said, this started in middle school for you, yeah. right? Getting mm-hmm. getting control started in middle school. How did you when were you able to start feeling something in your body change? Um I really started paying attention to my body, honestly, when I moved to DC. <laughs> Because being young, you're just going through life, you're trying to have fun, you're not really thinking about the things that you're putting in your body, especially when you're a struggling college student paying your own tuition working for jobs. Come you're on. like, I let don't, me just don't go, go, to go the, past get, that too fast now. I'm just like, let me let me just get a, a something off the dollar menu real quick, or let me get something out the snack machine really quick because you're just thinking about, oh, I gotta eat. Right? I have to eat. So I really didn't pay attention to my body. And also I was on birth control. So birth control actually suppressed all of my feelings. Mm-hmm. When I got off birth control, that's when I started feeling the pain and all this stuff. So imagine you're on a on something and you can't feel what is actually happening because the birth control doesn't stop it from happening. It masks the pain that you are feeling in that moment. So when I got off birth control, that's when I was able to explain how I felt to my doctors. And then I've never looked back since. Never looked back since. And I had to, when I got off birth control, my boyfriend at the time, I had to ask, is he okay with me getting off birth control? Because to be transparent, we were sexually active, right? Um, And that's something that you don't want to surprise people with. And when I got off the birth control, I ended up getting pregnant and I had a miscarriage. So it's like, and then once I got diagnosed with PCOS, they put a loss. Thank you. But when I got diagnosed, that's definitely not something to, I don't, it's not, no, it is not. So many people with PCOS struggle with fertility and they struggle with those, those types of losses more commonly than others. So I just want to, just wanted to have that moment, not only just for you, but for our other PCO sisters who also yeah. have shared that same, you know, that same sentiment. But and then another that moment be mad uh, that you had to ask. But there's other ways that people can have intercourse without it having to be the women's risk of their internal reproductive organs just yeah. for something to be able to have intercourse without necessarily having to have a child. And I just well, hate the community on women than it is on yeah. other people and other things. Well, but you, go ahead. you know the community that we live in. I be just, like, you, she trying to trap me. And I'm like, no, that's not what it is. <laughs> or oh, wait a minute, that's what they said. I'm just saying. Ain't no trap here. You know how kids are made. <laughs> but no, I struggled with that moment for about a year and a half, to be quite honest with you, because it's a secret that I had for a whole six months before I even told him. Mm. Um, Did you feel relief when you finally got it out? I was angry because of the response that I got. Um, but we're not going to go into that. We won't. We won't. Um, I felt I'm glad you got it out because I can only imagine what it would do to you if you would have had to keep that thing in. Yeah, because I felt like I was broken. Mm. I felt like I was broken. Broken, broken, broken. <sighs> broken. But then I was like, well, maybe this just wasn't supposed to happen. Right? For a good reason. But then um, when I was diagnosed, she put me on this medication. I got off of it within three months. 
Because when she put me on it, the first thing she said is, in order for you to have a child, mm. you have to wean yourself off this medicine for at least six months. So when I picked up the prescription, I was hesitant about it for a while. So she told me that she was going to follow up with me within a year. Year came, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Even though she didn't even, so when I, when one of her assistants finally called me about a year and a half later, she was like, so how's the medicine going? I said, I got off that within three months of you giving it to me. But if she followed up when she, she was supposed to, mm -hmm. she would have known. But mentally, I couldn't, like, why take something that you're telling me that's probably going to prevent me from having a child? Or if I am on it when I have a child, something could be wrong with them. Yeah. Why would I take that? Just for me? <laughs> and, a, for me? and again, it's not even curing anything. It's, no, it's only not helping anything. manage a possible symptom. I was just like, nah. You can, you can keep that. <laughs> Walgreens, I'm Bye. good. Don't run it. Don't waste your time. Bye. But she's not my OBGYN anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that's the word right there. You've had to find somebody that's working with you. You don't have yeah. to stay nowhere just to be staying someplace. You have yeah. options. And if you don't have options, look to yourself. Start yeah. getting into some books. Start reading. Start learning your body. Start figuring out what can work for you because it's yeah. not always at the doctor's office. And I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. Please get your diagnosis. Figure out what's going on in your body. Test test yourself regularly so you know what's going on on the inside. But don't, yeah. don't feel like you have to settle for yeah. something that doesn't align with who you are. But also yeah. don't be in a place of denial where you're not doing anything at all about it. That that yeah. I, that's all I'm gonna say on that part. That's, no, that's, that's what I teach. I teach my clients like one thing that we talk about is how the things that they consume throughout their program that I have them on um, is how does it make them feel? And I create especially for um, my clients who have PCOS. I actually have a PCOS journal where I make sure that they can see what it is on a daily basis, how it makes them feel, because you may not get an initial reaction. Um, it may take, may take a few days, but how do you feel in that moment? How is your mindset? How does your mental feel? Um, how does your body feel? Like, did you feel like getting out of the bed this morning? If you focus on stuff that's small, what people would consider that small, it can make a drastic change in your overall health and wellness, so. And let's, let's go ahead and dive into that. Let's mm -hmm. dive into it. Be your goals. Yeah. G Fitness. You talk about your clients. Tell me, how did you even get this started? How'd you get this fitness company, this fitness yeah. and nutrition company started? Yeah. What, what what kicked it off for you? Well, it's well, I was always like a protein shake supplement girl. Like I was that one who went to Smoothie King and and all of those stuff that has a lot of sugar in it, hidden sugars, guys. Um, I was always that girl. Um, so I started out watching my coach um, and she was just so positive about life and motivation and all this stuff. And I literally started out just supporting her. I wasn't even worried about what was going on with me. I was supporting her because I was like, well, I already use this stuff. So let me just replace what I got, right? Um, so she literally connected with me throughout my journey. 
Um, and then the first challenge that I ever participated in, which a lot of people get misconstrued is, you do not have to participate in a challenge to be on your health and wellness journey or to be a client of mine. Um, I work with my clients individually. Some people just work with their clients during the challenge. I don't do that, right? Um, I want you to be a client. I don't charge for my services right now um, because I believe in this so much, but I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. That part. <laughs> right There's value in this right. thing. There's value in this thing. Listen, so I started off with her um, for, I think, about six months before I actually became a member and joined a challenge. And my first challenge, I won. First place, a thousand dollars. Let's go. And I was like, dang, now I can do anything. I can do anything. But that's the first time I actually took it seriously where I started focusing on my body. Mm -hmm. So she was like, the whole time, she was like, you can really be a coach in this thing. And I was like, no, I don't want to be a coach. I just want to focus on myself and all this stuff, right? It took an entire year me to just say okay you know what i'm gonna be a coach because i started to feel like i was being selfish not selfless right because i knew that i could reach a pool of people who needed me who i saw wasn't getting any help and every plan that i develop for my clients is not a one-size-fit-all i specialize with asking them what their goals are um, where they are currently, um, how do they feel in the moment, what are your symptoms, and all this stuff. And even if it's a male client, what do you want? Because everyone knows sometimes it's easier for men to, you know, lose or gain or whatever. There are also people who aren't able to gain weight or tone or gain muscle. So that's another industry that you're tapping in as well to say, hey, let's figure out what's really going on with you. What does your day-to-day -day look like? So I have them journal um for an entire week prior to them even starting on a program so they can see so y'all start started. with body awareness so body awareness is really key in byg fitness and nutrition 100 percent. body okay. awareness is 100 percent because if you're not aware of what you were doing when it's time for you to change what you're doing it's going to be difficult for you it's going to be way. more difficult for you because now if you're aware of what you were doing you can see how they correlate with one another so you realize that, hey, I'm not on a diet. I'm just changing my norm. Because like I said, that word diet has it a is. negative thing. Very but, much so. It's uh, almost like profanity. Like, don't you yeah, say that? Yeah. yeah. So that's why I don't focus on weight loss, weight gains. I focus on body transformations. And I think for me, it's more so I like to focus on like intuitive eating or mindful eating, just being mindful of the food choices that you're choosing and being more disciplined and intentional mm -hmm. on eating things that you know are going to help you or heal you or be nourishing yeah. for your body. I'm not telling mm -hmm. you to not eat this or not eat that. I'm just saying I'm being purposeful for what I am eating because yeah. it's either hormonal, you know, addressing yeah. my hormones, you know, yeah. it's giving me some type of, you know, nutrients of some sort. Yeah. It's going to be with inflammation because, PCOS and endometriosis can really yeah. be addressed with the inflammation. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going anti-inflammatory foods, mm -hmm. fruits and vegetables, that's helping mm -hmm. me. When I eat more fruits mm -hmm. and vegetables or even with my juicing throughout, mm -hmm. um, before my period and just regularly throughout the month, I can see mm -hmm. a total different menstrual cycle for myself that I didn't mm -hmm. even realize was even possible to have had I not mm -hmm. made different 
decisions about what I was eating. So it's not. And necessary. I love a good steak now. Eat your steak. <laughs> I never did get into steak no, unless it was my mama's steak. My mama didn't no, cook steak all the time. I love a good steak, but for women who are already struggling with managing their hormones, red meat is probably one of the worst things that you can do. You can have it, try, have it once a month. <laughs> But every day, every week, no, because you're putting more hormones in your body, but you're trying to fix the ones that are already. And I don't think people realize that. I don't think people realize the hormones they're consuming. I'm not saying the B word. That's in their D word. I'm just going to say the hormones they're consuming. Like I even try to tell my students about it when they're in there and they're on their cycle and they're they're feeling so nauseous and sick. I said, okay, so what did you eat yesterday? Did you have any dairy? Yes, ma'am. Did you have some sugar? Did you have yeah. some like I'm really addressing the things that I know are not going to be well for you during that time? Hey, let's let's try not to think about those things. Let's try not to eat those things. But you know, as kids, you can only eat whatever you're given. But yeah. I feel like if your parents are a little bit, you know, more educated or informed about yeah. certain things that really preserve their child's reproductive health, that mm-hmm. you can really make, you know, some gains into that. I agree. So I, I just wanted to kind of hit that just a little bit. But you said you're into um, protein shakes. You're a protein shake girl. Um, so you got body well, awareness is key. That's one of the things. Body awareness is good. Individual personalized approaches to get yep. your results driven clients, the yep. goals, the dreams that they're looking for. You're reaching them. You're accomplishing them. Yep. Tell me, how how have you been able to help anyone in your family? Have you been, has anyone in your family been empowered now that you've been on this journey? Yeah. So my mom, my dad, and my sister are now my clients. So my mom started it off, right? My mom just had a full knee replacement and she wasn't able to do nothing, but she was, as soon as the doctor gave her enough space to drive, she literally came here and lived with me for three weeks. Um, I got her on the meal guide. I gave her the supplements. I made her shakes. I made her teas. My mom was able to lose 30 pounds. In three weeks? In three weeks. 30 pounds in three weeks. 30 that pounds with minimal walking. And let me tell you why that's so important that I say minimal walking. Because people think that exercising can outweigh a bad diet. And it cannot no matter how much exercising you do, you cannot outweigh a bad diet. So when she had to go back home, she always says, I miss my chef, I miss my chef, I miss my chef. So now my mom doesn't even go back to the craziness she used to eat. She's still on the program, she's still losing. So what happened was when my sister realized that my mom now weighed less than her. (laughs) Woo! She, she was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. So now she's on my program now. It's only week two for her. I saw on her social media that she was out last night. Uh-uh. I saw on her social media that she was out last night drinking. So after we get out this call, I'm definitely going to call her. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you already <laughs> said, let her do her thing. You got, It's their journey to navigate. Listen, her and, that's the thing. and that's why I wanted to point that out because there are going to be points where you want to do your own thing. And that is quite okay. You yeah. just have to be okay with the results that you get because of you choosing to do that own thing and always saying, hey, live in the moment. Don't dwell in the moment and say, hey, I did that. Let me get back on track. 
All the way. The problem is people get off track and they and think they got to stay there. And they think they say, well, I done messed it up now, you so don't. I might as well. No. It's a journey. How many times did you trip? How many times have you fallen? How many times did you got in an accident or anything that you've done? It's and you say, journey. well, I'm going to keep doing it. I mean, it's you a get journey. one speeding ticket and that should be it for you. You shouldn't want it's no more. It's a journey. Yeah, it the, is. The, the thing about life is. With yourself. Yeah. The thing about life is you can choose yourself over and over and over and over as many times as you want. Just don't give up on yourself. That's the funny thing about life. People think that they can just say, you know what, I'm just not going to do this anymore. But I tell people, if you quit today, imagine how far you would have been if you kept going. If you quit today, imagine how you're going to have hiccups. You're going to My have speak do something today that your future self would appreciate. That's how I look at it. Like do something for you today that your future self would be grateful for. That 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 is what it is for me. But I think when it comes to your sister, I just feel like environment plays a huge role. And if you for feel sure. like you need to continue to be in certain environments, it's going to allow you to not be able to do make different decisions and choices that align with who you're trying to become and be in yeah. that well space. So yeah. when you start taking this healing journey serious and you're being intentional about it, the things yeah. you eat, the places you go, the people you're normally around, all of that is going to change because yeah. you're changing. And it yeah. starts with you first. And it's not like, oh, well, I, this is my comfort. This is what I like to go. This is what I need to do. Nothing's yeah. wrong with that. But when yeah. you're prioritizing healing, you really have to do it around people who support that. For sure. If not, it's it's going to be a struggle because now yeah. you're fighting for what you want for yourself, but trying to be your old self and you're trying to yeah. evolve. So I, I think that that's like a, a hard spot for people when they're changing. Yeah. And then like with losing the weight, like your mom, she said she missed her chef. She loved the way she was feeling. Now, mm -hmm. after three weeks, 30 pounds lighter, she was enjoying the food she was eating. She wasn't like, oh, man, I'm struggling on this. That I'm dieting. Points. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I can't eat but so much on your, your your cred calculator. I won't throw the whole yeah. name out there. You know what I'm saying? We don't like, got time for that. <laughs> agreed. But I, I wholeheartedly feel you when it comes to your mom. Like, my mom really kicked this thing off. She was the one who wanted us to get a juicer. She was watching, like, Jillian Berry, um, Harold. I think he used to have cancer. So she was watching mm -hmm. a lot of different YouTube channels or probably, I'm going to say, Reels and mm -hmm. short content on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok that she was consuming. And then she would go into the longer form sometimes and actually watch YouTube um, mm -hmm. episodes. But she mm -hmm. was just like, I really think we should get a juicer. And I think the juicer in her mind, the juicer was mm -hmm. going to help her dad and her dad's mm -hmm. health. But for me, when my mama said she wanted a juicer, it was me getting a juicer for my mom because in December she was, we had to go take an emergency um, ER visit because she wasn't feeling like herself. Her blood pressure was really high. She was getting tightness and stuff in the back of her neck. She didn't know what was going on. And as a mm -hmm. nurse, when you start experiencing certain symptoms, mm -hmm. you start all the clinical things that could be going wrong with you, you know, and you yeah. don't want to with that, especially if you have in your family heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes. You, you just don't want to take things, you know, lightly. And then we had to go again in January. In December, my brother mm -hmm. took her. In January, me and my brother and my um, golden doodle Spencer took her. And it was scary for me. You know, mm -hmm. we had to, I'm running through stoplights stop and stop signs. And she just want me to go, 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 go. And this is somebody who, you know, three seconds 
behind somebody else and you know mm-hmm. she like nah she's like floor it let's go and i'm like mm-hmm. okay but it was scary so it's like no you want this juicer for your dad and you see how it can help him i'm gonna try to help you i'm gonna focus yeah. on you it's on him you it's know the support that's it so i ordered that juicer i ordered all that stuff on amazon and we started that thing and i haven't looked back since when we got that juicer at the end of january i went ahead and took out seafood that was the last um animal source that i had girl you said steak, I love I me some blue crabs steak, girl i used to love me some crab legs that was used to be my favorite back Ooh. in the day but I, I just went ahead and took it out and i got intentional about being intentional and i wanted I to really one. make sure we were doing this thing my mama hasn't been back to an er um yeah. she has gotten to a lower weight she's been able to manage her um blood pressure she's been on this coconut water she used mm-hmm. to be really on and popping with the miles, but then mm-hmm. pushing her to do a little bit more walking in the mornings and her miles, she was like two and she was good. She chatting with her homegirls out there, getting it in. <laughs> but you know, now before she went to Panama, cause she was going on Panama on a girl's trip. I was like, my, you need to go four miles. Let's go. And she's been doing it. She was feeling better. And to mm-hmm. me, that's what it's all about. Like if I can help my mom, then I know that I can create a blueprint to better address yeah. the that has been plaguing my family and then potential loved ones so like this this one aspect of the podcast and the reason why i created it was to be able to hear more journeys of strength from other people who've been diagnosed with pcos other people Mm -hmm. who have been diagnosed with endometriosis because that's me and remember we said we have to talk about us first but then Mm -hmm. issues in our family that we see that don't make us feel comfortable that we know if they just allow us to really influence some of their yeah. decisions and just embrace some of the things that we're doing. We know that they're going to feel better. They're going to live better because they're going to be intentional about taking a healing journey that's best for them. Does that make yeah. sense? And I, it, I think does. that's beautiful. Because in the black community, everything that you said is it's, it's across the board. High blood pressure, diabetes, all of that. <laughs> and then we get mad when cancer creep up on us. And it's just like, and cancer, that that's a whole nother beast. And that thing mm-hmm. will piss you mm-hmm. off. Like, can't, can't, girl. It's, it's, it's something. Girl. It's, it's something. And to be quite honest with you, when I had the thyroid scare, that's the first thing that popped in my mind. It literally went from zero to 100. It didn't go from zero to five. No, it went from zero to 100 because we have been exposed to so many people with the extreme, right? Always. It, it just went from Always. zero to 100. It's so like when I got main things, health, yeah. wealth, and relationships. Yeah. You, you, you tempt anyone in an area of that. You trigger anyone in an area with those three major things. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to go zero to 100 because those are the things that people find most valuable. Their health, yeah. their wealth, mm-hmm. and their relationships. And if yeah. you don't have those things aligned, it's it's not going it, it it's not going to look good. And you're going to wonder why it's not. And you're going to find yeah. all these other systematic issues that pro- mm-hmm. press up against you. And it's really mm-hmm. you not aligning with those three things. And it's really and not the- you being intentional about how you can really make some stuff happen. And if you don't mm-hmm. know, you got people like Coach Britt with BYG, be your goals. They're mm-hmm. your goals. Accomplish your goals. Get the optimal health that you want. Like, yeah. come on. Like, there are so many people out there. And like you said, in the Black community, we need more of those people being visible, being vocal, yeah. 
And we need more people who are passionate about it that want to be able to help and bring that value, step mm -hmm. into these spaces and build yeah. supportive communities yeah. that allow people to just come with whatever it is that they have and say, hey, I want to be intentional about healing. And you take yeah. it your step at a time, what works for you, but you have to find that right space for you. But sure. that's where we're going to go with this thing. You have to find your space for you. So I'm going to end on, <laughs> I'm at least two, two, two okay. questions. And then I want ever, want you to be able to tell everybody where they can find you in the event that they feel led to mm -hmm. um, have you be their coach or even just get to know you a little bit to see mm -hmm. if you would be a good fit for them. Because we always know that you have to find the tribe and the group that works for you. Um, yeah. So first question, mm -hmm. this is for my girl dads. Um, I've had two line sisters pass away from cancer and they had girls left behind. Mm -hmm. And so we have these fathers that might not know a lot about navigating menstrual health and you, someone, a PCOS, what would be some tips or some mm -hmm. things that you would want to um, share with those mm -hmm. girl dads or those fathers who might be Mm -hmm. You all you always had was a father, you know, yeah. what would you suggest to them in regards to helping them navigate um, a holistic, healthy experience for their girls when it comes to their menstrual cycle? Well, it's, it's two situations. The first one would be if your daughter has not had um, their started their menstrual cycle as of yet. And then the second situation would be if they have already started it and how you can be an aid. So with the first one, uh, if they have not, of course, you're going to do the little scram, run into the store and get in all of the things. But I highly recommend that you start with organic products, 100% um, organic products. Do not put tampons. I don't know how transparent we can be, but do not put tampons. Do not put tampons in a young child's body because that tampon has chemicals within itself. And yes, there are some tampons that have or that says organic and all that stuff. But to put tampons in a child who has not been sexually active yet, and you do put it in there, you are starting to spread her wall on the inside. So we want to make sure that she maintains the contractions that she has in the state that she has it in. So if you do do tampons, please, please, please find organic based tampons. And even though it says go organic, read the labels and make sure there isn't any extra stuff in it. The labels are very um, important. Don't be so quick to put them on ibuprofen when they feel pain. You want them to learn their pain first so they can be able to communicate their pain. And then just be a support system. Ask them on a daily basis through their cycle, how are they feeling today? And then you as a dad journal down what they say throughout that cycle. So when the next month comes, you can find aid on how to do um, other things. Tea is very good for youth as well. Um, I think hot teas, herbal teas are good. Um, what we have a struggle with teas and I learned this because I lived in Asia for two months. We like to put all the sugar and all the stuff in your teas. Let them drink just the tea in the water first. If you wanna draw, um, throw a mint leaf or a lemon, um, peel and or wedge in that if you want to that is completely okay but you want to make sure that as a young child who is first experiencing this or even as the older ones 
um, who's already been through it, you want to make sure that you are not putting anything in their bodies that can possibly harm them or do more bad than good, right? So that that's what I would say for the parent who's the dad whose child is starting out. Now, for the dad um, whose child has already been there when the mother was still uh, here, um, rest, rest in peace for all of the mothers and um, big ups to the dad who are holding down these girls in the absence of their mother. But um, when a child is older and they've been at it for a while, it's not just that one thing that they have to worry about that's impacting their cycle. It's the world around them. They're looking at people differently. They're looking at their bodies differently. They're looking at boys, right? Um, the only thing you can do is be there to support them. Yes, do all of the things that I mentioned for the, uh, the child who just started. But in addition to them, you really have to focus on how they're doing today and make them or get them to the point where they feel comfortable sharing the most uncomfortable thing with you. And I know that's the hardest thing that uh, dads try to do. And, and let me be honest with you. My dad, he didn't really want to know. He more so talked at me instead of listening. Sit back and listen, hear what she's saying, take what she's saying, and then figure out how you can navigate in that space with her first before if it's an external thing and someone else is involved, make sure that you have her permission prior to you acting on that external thing if you know what I'm talking about without saying what I'm talking about. Yes, um, we try to, as dads, their goal is, oh, I'm protecting my baby, right? They go in protection mode, right? But sometimes she literally just needs a hug be more in, show them that it's okay to have emotions, right? Because normally, just naturally, this is something that we usually get from our maternal side. We usually get the emotions and, oh, I can cry in your arms and do that. Let them know that you are a safe space and that makes them more comfortable to share what is exactly going on um, with them in their bodies. But that's- That was beautiful. <laughs> that was good. That was awesome. All right. Last question. Okay. If you could have a meal with any historical figure, who would the historical figure be and what would y'all eat? If I could have a meal with any historical figure, who would that person be? And what would you all eat? What would that meal be? With the guy who um, founded the Terracotta Warriors. I have so, no idea who that is. Do you know the guy's name? I forgot his name, but I met him. I still have a picture. I don't know if you can insert it at the end of this. At the end of this, <laughs> but I'll send it to you. But when I lived, when I lived in Asia for those two months, it was in 2011. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most enlightening experiences I've ever seen in my whole entire life. This guy was a farmer, a farmer who literally worked day in and day out in the fields for his family. Mm. And all of a sudden he found the remains of this army. The Terracotta Warriors, if you don't know anything, it's an amazing story. And when I went to Asia in 2011, that same guy was signing books, signing books. 
I have a picture standing in front of the remains, um, and I have a picture of him signing the book. That's the he was the first exposure of authentically seeing how hard it is to work out something, mm. work out at something, and how one moment can change your life for the better, to the point where you no longer have to work in the fields to mm. make sure that your family survives anymore. And the reason why I would like to sit at a table with him is because I want to know what his life was in the time of that transition. And if you've ever lived in Asia, everything that they eat is from the ground, from the ground. My first week I was miserable, but over time it was just like, oh, I can do this. I feel a little bit lighter. My stomach is getting a little bit flatter. Come My on. skin is glowing a little bit more. Ooh, I was able to see that the food that they consumed from the earth on a daily basis and what it did for them. Mm-hmm. It changed. That's the that's the point where it changed. Like this is before I moved to DC. This I used to move to DC in the fall. I lived in Asia that spring. And that's when my mindset shift started because I now had the opportunity to see other people's culture for what it is without trying to impose my Americanism on them, right? And now when I go and I travel, I always immerse myself in the culture that is there because you can learn something from every group of people. So that's why it's hard for me to see every time the, U- the U.S., all the stuff that they have, how other countries ban certain things that the U.S. have because of what it does to their bodies. But Agreed. when I tell you, it was Wholeheartedly. amazing. And that's a, that's a whole nother Ooh. show. So we don't even have to get into that part. But what you eating with him, though? Cause I haven't been to Asia. What are you? What y'all eating? What's the plate? What's the meal y'all eat? Um, plants. So it's what mostly going to be plant Break it down. Foods. Let me see this plate. Have... My mouth needs to warm. <laughs> Come on. So um, one of the main things, cause I'm a sauce girl. Okay. And one of the main things that they had that we were responsible for eating over there uh, was kimchi. Mm-hmm. And kimchi is like a cabbage, but I'm a spice girl. So you can get kimchi in all different types of flavors, but the flavors that they have is not like store-bought flavors. It's literally grinded up different vegetables and spices that you mix into these different things. Uh, so for definitely that. Um, so kimchi's on the plate. Kimchi's on a plate. It's like these white sprouts like these skinny sprouts those are on the plate as well oh i wish i knew the name of the i know what they look like like it's like because i now i go to the farmer's market every weekend i'm actually going to go after this but i go to the farmer's market (laughs) i go to the farmer's market every day and i may not know the names of it but i know what they look like um it's to the point where now i make these real good cucumber bolts but the bolts are filled with like cold pickled vegetables. And it's just like, oh, and everyone's like, can I get your recipe and all this stuff? So I'll definitely have that on there. I love broccoli. I'm a broccoli girl. Um, can't go wrong with broccoli. Oh, and everything has to be topped off with ginger because ginger gives it that sweet to mix with your spice. Um, but I don't think he he does all of that. Um, eggplant. I now have a newfound love for eggplant. I love eggplant. I don't care how it comes. It can be sauteed. It can be air fried. I don't care how it comes. I just, I I want it. 
I got to embrace the eggplant more. I seen like catfish recipes with uh, or the catfish recipes for um, eggplant. I really want to try that. And then I feel like somebody did a eggplant crab cake. I would love Ooh. to try that. You know, but I think Chef Maul said that. He was my my uh, plant-based chef in Miami. Shout out to the Chef Maul. Maul oh, I got to get I got to get that connection. You do. I'm a, I'm a, oh my God. Chef Maul said that thing. I think he said on one of the episodes, one of my mm. podcast episodes when he was on my podcast, he mentioned the eggplant crab cakes or I saw it on his, I'm always posting his food porn, but I would have to, I, girl, my mouth is watering just mm. thinking about that. So you got mm. the broccoli, you got the kimchi, you got the, the white things that you don't know the name of the white stuff, no name of it. You got ginger on your plate. Is that it? That's all on the plate. That's all I need. Okay, That's I'm a, with oh, it. Oh, it's just I'm white like, sprouts. Oh, just white sprouts. Yeah. Oh, alfalfa sprouts. Alfalfa sprouts. Okay. Yes. Okay, I heard of it. Never, never, never ate it, but alfalfa sprouts. Mung, okay. mung bean sprouts. Yeah. That now, that has um, to be. I've tried mung beans like to do it as an egg. Mm. My mom, we tried the mung beans and did it as an egg, like a kind of like a scrambled egg, and it actually was really good with like the black salt. Girl. Ooh. We have tried that, and that was really good because I used to be a sucker for some eggs, man. A sucker Listen, for some eggs. But that I black caught in the eggs who just been sitting in my refrigerator. I can't even pick up. I can't even eat it. I don't even know what's going on. Girl, I said no more to the eggs. I was like, I'm done. Y'all talking about all these hormones? I don't know what's going on. on yes. Our right, yeah. adios, eggs. Adios. So I'll be trying to find a way to get that egg taste. Mm, I'm gonna need that recipe. Right. But all right, let everybody know where you where you at, where they can follow you, where they can find you, where they can touch base with you. All right. So you can follow me on Instagram at I am Dr. Britt. That's I am Dr. Britt with one T. Or you can follow my nutrition page at b.y.g.nutrition. Either one, they're connected. So I'll see both of them. Um, I'm not going to give you the email address, but within that, because it's too long. But in both of those pages have link trees where you can actually go and complete a free wellness profile if you want to. And every time someone completes a free wellness profile, I schedule a 30 minute conversation with them um, to see, hey, can I offer you anything? Um, what are your goals? What do you need help with? Um, but that free wellness profile and it's free. <laughs> Right. It's free. It gives you instant results. But I always try to follow up with a phone call. Yes, I authentically give people my cell phone number. I don't I don't care. I don't care. There are people who have my cell phone number in my past who shouldn't have it. But I want these people to have my cell phone number because I strongly believe in making an impact. My birthday is next month. I'm not doing anything for myself. I'm trying to get more clients so I can make an impact on other people. Um, so I am probably going to keep my services free um, throughout the month of October, but who knows what November is going to hold because I want to impact as many people for my birthday. That's my goal. That's my goal. And you're Spending already aside myself. You're already hitting your family. So Thank I mean, it's, it's starting closer yes. to your, your life. And when you say I'm not doing anything for myself, that is what you're doing for yourself because you find so much gratitude and being able to show up and help other people like even before we started recording, you were telling me about how you, for your local clients, you even show up and go to the gym with them just so they, I know do. they don't feel alone. So I just want you to know that you're living on purpose for purpose and you're being more intentional with that for your birthday. So you are doing something for you because it starts with you. 
And because this is our journey of strength episode, because I got me a PCOS sister here, let's just give, I just want you to give any type of words, advice, mm-hmm. comfort, encouragement, whatever you mm-hmm. feel led to say to anyone mm-hmm. else that also is diagnosed with PCOS and they mm-hmm. are continuing to overcome their journey of strength. And we're going to end on that. For sure. Um, what I want to say is you are not broken. Just because something is not going right according to the norm of what life has placed on us, you personally are not broken. And yes, you may have a social media account and you're following all these people and saying, I want their lives. They probably don't have all this stuff going on. You don't know what's going on behind those closed doors. And that's why I'm saying be your own goals, be your goals. Because if you try to chase someone else's life, you will fail every single time. You are not broken and be your goals. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Y'all, this has been a wonderful, wonderful yeah. episode of Empower Plates, Empower Lives. Make sure you are following our YouTube channel where the visual portion of, portion of this um, podcast will be shown. Uh, four Vibrations, 2347. Like, comment, subscribe. Tell us what you want to hear more of. Let us know what you, you liked. Um, motivate us in whatever way you feel led to. But, you know, just bring us some of that good energy. We greatly appreciate it. On all the other audio platforms, if you were tuning in and vibing with us through those audio airways, definitely make sure you go in, download the episode, follow, comment, give us some good ratings. But most importantly, just keep vibing with us, loving on us and empowering us and other women out here to do what it is that we need to do um, to embrace women's health, but be an impact and be a value. We love you and we are grateful for y'all. Be easy. <laughs>